Hello, Texans. Welcome to the program. Mark Vandermeer with you tonight with a lot of great stuff going on. A little bit later on in the show, D.P. Sidhu catches up with Mark Berman of Fox 26. If you're a sports fan, you know Mark Berman is the best story breaker in the market, and he's retiring, so he's got stories galore. D.P. had a podcast with him. We will play big chunks of that coming up a little bit later in the program. That'll start in segment two, and it's a great way to kick off the holiday weekend, which means so much to so many. Obviously, Memorial Day weekend. Look, it's not just about your barbecue. Not that there's anything wrong with having a cookout, barbecue, enjoying your family and friends, because we have this holiday. Many of you have to work through the holiday weekend. We really appreciate that, of course. I'm going to work some as well. We'll have a show on Monday. But this is about honoring and acknowledging those who have served and paid the ultimate price and it's really important that we do that. I'm not lecturing. I'm just telling you what you already know here, folks. And the Texans were a part of it this week because they toured several players toward the VA hospitals right by NRG Stadium. Denzel Perryman, Christian Kirksey, Brevin Jordan, Thomas Booker, and Andrew Beck was out there. I mean, it's really important to the McNairs that the Texans not only serve the community, but serve those who have served. And the Texans have been about that from the get-go, as you know. But Andrew Beck was one of the players out there, like I said. We're going to get into what he does. He's a fullback, H-back, tight end type guy. We'll get into the X's and O's of it a bit, but it was a really important visit to the VA, and Drew Doherty caught up with Beck. This is a special day. We're at the VA hospital close to Energy Stadium, Drew Doherty, with Andrew Beck, fullback, tight end, Swiss Army knife. You do it all. I mean, you're probably going to do some surgeries here in a little bit, but this is... I say a special day because Memorial Day is upon us. This is a special event for you. You give your time and charity to a lot of different things, but this is one of your focal points. Good reasons. How come? Obviously, and you know, a lot of people know my dad's active duty Army, so growing up an Army brat, uh, you know, to come back and be able to give back anytime we get a chance to, to hang out with, with veterans and, and former service men and women, obviously that's something that we all try to do, and it's something that's near and dear to my heart, like you said, and it's, it, it is truly something that a lot of us enjoy, and I think that's why a big group of guys wanted to come out to the VA hospital, especially on this weekend, like you said. So uh, it's, it's definitely something that I enjoy, though, yes. Yeah, you're new to the team, and you got some of your pals with you. Yep. And a lot of times you'll come into a place like this, you'll shake a hand, you'll take a photo and, and you skedaddle on out and that's nice but today you guys were playing chess you were hanging out and sitting down and you spent like a half hour in some yeah. instances with some of these folks yeah absolutely you know and and just talking to them and hearing their stories you know it's some of the stories you hear are, are unbelievable I'm, I'm sure you know i got the chance to hang out with somebody her name was nadia and she was telling us a story about she was you know her first active duty year she was in iraq and and was blown up and the first thing she told me about it was i'd go back and do it all over again you know once a soldier always a soldier and to hear that mentality and that that mindset is i mean it, it gave me chills it's so humbling you know to see what she's going through right now and that's her response is you know it, it puts things into perspective for sure and you know to be able to hear more stories like that or just sit down and play games you know we got to like you said play chess with some people and it, just hanging out spending a couple minutes it was meant more to us than it did to them but everybody said it meant so much to them it was really cool yeah and the ear-to-ear smiles kind of it's proof of that right. and on, on you guys and on them I mean that they they were loving it so talking about football what's it like being here you're back into t- you're a longhorn a back proud in, longhorn yep. what's it like 
being in Houston, being a Texan? You know, I love it. I've got family from down here. My wife's from down here. My in-laws still live down here. Their whole side of the family's down here. So we considered it moving back home, and, and that was something that was huge for us. And obviously very excited to be to be in Houston, Texas. It's such a great, great place to be, a great city. I, we love it so far. If there's something to do for someone, there's something to do for everybody. I mean, it's there's a million things going on always. Um, but we've we've really enjoyed our time, getting used to the heat a little bit, I will say. Yeah. But other than that, it's, it's been a blast, and I can't wait to, you know, OTAs are fun, but it makes you excited for the season and get ready to play other people, and we're definitely in that part of it right now. No doubt. Tell me about OTAs. What's it been like in this offense? This is a really you know, dynamic offense mm-hmm. if, it, if it kind of holds true to what we've seen from Slowick and what he has learned from, who he has learned from. What do, you, what do you get a glimpse of in these early days? Absolutely. Like you said, it's, you know, it's, it's the more we can do in personnel groups. He does if he does something out of 11 personnel, 12 personnel, he's going to do it out of all of them, and that's that's kind of what we're learning right now and how he wants to plug guys in. You know, it's, it's learning the system. It's learning to work with the coaches. It's also learning to work with the players, you know, building chemistry. We've got new guys coming in. We signed a bunch of new guys. The guys that were here, you know, new guys like myself coming in, learning how they work, how they function, things like that. So it's an important time, absolutely. But like I said, it makes you miss the season a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and these offenses, they attack you a lot of different ways. And historically, tight ends, fullbacks, those have been big, big, parts right. and given big punches in these offenses in the last 20 30 years absolutely that's the goal here you know get us involved the more that we can be on the field is absolutely what we want to do and uh, score a bunch of points win a bunch of games andrew beck we appreciate the time thanks so much for doing this awesome event and have a happy summer absolutely thank y'all so much there's drew doherty with andrew beck part of the memorial day weekend start here on texans all access and that's going to be on texans 360 as well and beck fullback you look at this offense how's he going to be used you still have Troy Hairston on the roster rookie from last year from Central Michigan who had a nice campaign blocking for Damian Pierce not on every down but on a lot of downs I think he can catch the football too Beck can catch then you look at the way Kyle Juszczyk has been used in the 49er offense and Will the fullback here have a similar role? It's not like Juszczyk had a ton of catches over his career but some and Beck can catch the ball as well so can Troy but they always seem to be big plays when they catch the ball, right? Every time a fullback catches the ball, it always seems to be a really important first down, a third down conversion or something like that, maybe a key touchdown. Who knows? We'll see how it all fits together in the coming weeks and in training camp. All right, the draft. You're familiar with that, right? Remember that? Seems like a long time ago. Not really. It was about a month ago when the Texans made the big move. They drafted C.J. Stroud second. You know they moved up to take Will Anderson third, among other selections. Well, tomorrow morning, that would be Saturday morning at 10 a.m., the Texans will release an episode of Building the Texans on YouTube, and it's going to be phenomenal. I'm going to play you the trailer right now. This audio is gold of the trailer, and you hear Cal McNair driving to Miller Outdoor Theater. He's either driving there or maybe, yeah, he's driving to Miller Outdoor Theater, and he's mic'd up in the car talking about what the Texans might do. There's some key stuff here, and it's really exciting to hear the music in the background and the way this whole thing is put together. Building the Texans on YouTube. You can watch the trailer, but listen to some of this audio. I've edited it especially for Texans All Access. Well, I'm excited to see the fans. I know there's a lot of excitement around the draft and the draft picks we have coming up and uh, get their reaction. And Texas Chair CEO Calvin there. It's going to be fun. Hope you all enjoy it. And let's go, Texas! It's always awesome to be around the fans, uh, being able to interact with them. You can tell they're, they're really excited out there, and just, uh, just as we are. So it's, it's going to be fun. 
it's exciting for the season and it, it's exciting to have the fans that have um, stuck with us and they are ready uh, for some great football and, and so are we. So it, it's a fun time right now. You probably know more than anybody. I'm not going to ask you your take, it, but even as the owners, are you kind of nervous about well, the process? You'd be the first person that hasn't asked who are we taking, so. The Houston Texans have a lot of ammunition. They've got two picks in the top 12. How did Nick Casario and company plan to utilize all that opportunity? No one has any idea what the Houston Texans are going to do. Literally no one. One thing is we are exploring trades. Because trades down? I said, yeah, end up. What's up, Nick? What's happening, brother? How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm feeling a lot better now. <laughs> Welcome to Texas, bud. The Houston Texans select C.J. Stroud. Bring somebody who's going to go to work every day and, and work their tail off. Somebody who wants to win. The Houston Texans are trading up to number three. Congratulations, Nick Casario. <laughs> It's even better visually, trust me. I often say about myself, I'm better off heard and not seen. This thing's better off seen and heard because we just heard it. But, man, when you see the editing, the visuals of this behind-the-scenes stuff in this Building the Texans episode that drops, the new one drops tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. on YouTube and on all the Texans platforms, check it out. You're going to love it. Really great stuff about the draft, stuff you haven't seen before, and some stuff that you might have seen some of the images, but the way they're put together, that music at the end, man. I got chills. Let's go. All put together by a big crew, but led by Tyler Sutarth, our video producer, who has won three Emmys already. And I think we're going to probably submit this one for one as well because it's that good. Tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. on YouTube. How's that for a promo? Don't forget about Texans 360, which airs every Saturday night. This should be part of your DVR recipe, right? Every Saturday night at 11 p.m. on ABC 13, Texans 360. Check out all the great coverage of your Houston Texans all season long and all offseason long because you know that there is no offseason. Like the man said at the beginning of this program, OTAs, we're going to have more sessions next week. So Johnny and I will be talking about that, and we're going to catch up with an assistant coach as well after one of the sessions. So stay tuned for that Wednesday night on Texans Radio. Coming up next, as promised, D.P. Sidhu and Mark Berman, the GOAT. Let's hear what the Fox 26 all-star reporter has to say about some of the stories he's chased down over the years. This is really fun stuff. It's coming up here on Texans Radio. As promised, we have something very special for you tonight. We always do, but this is extra special. It's D.B. Sidhu, her podcast with Mark Berman from Fox 26. We're going to get the whole story, all the stories and the breaking stories, and then some. 
And this is available on the Texans app, but I thought I'd give you a taste here tonight. We're going into Memorial Day weekend. I thought this would be a great, fun Friday thing to do. Hear from Mark Berman, who is retiring from Fox 26. He's the GOAT. He's one of the GOATs. He and John McClain are the GOATs. The Lennon and McCartney of Houston sports media. Let's get to the Deep Slant podcast with Mark Berman now. All right, it's the Deep Slant 101 presented by Xfinity. Joining me, I think for the first time ever, Mark Berman. Everyone knows who you are, Mark. And you announced that you're retiring recently. And I thought, you know, I get the chance to talk to you every single day mm-hmm. that, you know, we're out at practice or in the media workroom. But people don't really get to hear the great stories that you've shared with me. So, first of all, welcome. I'm sorry it took a retirement to get you on apology, uh, for a not, podcast, uh, for an interview. Apology not necessary. <laughs> it's fine. I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to have you. Uh, all right. So, you've held the same job at Fox for 38 years. Okay. Let's go through I, I, your resume oh, first of the, all. Oh, the resume. Okay. okay. I graduated from University of Houston in August of 1978. Okay. I've been working radio at a little station here in town for four months doing news. And then I got a TV job at the CBS affiliate in Odessa. I was there for 18 months, made a mistake, took a job in Vero Beach, Florida. It wasn't the right kind of job, but I took it anyway. And six weeks after I was there, Kick Radio, where I interned in college, okay. offered me a full-time job to come home. So that's what I did. You came back. I came back. That was um, that would have been uh, May of 1980. I was there for eight years. The last two at Fox. So I worked at Kick Radio as a sports director for two years, uh-huh. and the last two years, and at Fox for two years as the weekend sports anchor reporter. Two years later, I was promoted to sports director in April, May 1988. So I left Kick in August to work just this job, and that's the extent of my that's resume. It. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's your resume. That's it. For 45 years. That's amazing. I mean, most people change jobs so frequently, and especially in the TV business to stay at one place. We've I've talked had about four this. jobs. You've, been, you've just been a staple there. Four jobs total. So why why now? I mean, I know, I feel like you, you're one of the hardest working people in the business, and I'm not just saying that to you because I've seen you, mm-hmm. and I think anyone that's seen you work feels that way but why now why did you feel like now was the right time to well my wife and i've been talking about it for about a year i turned 67 a week and a half ago may 8th i turned 67 it just felt like the right time my contract was expiring i didn't want to sign another one and quit on them in the middle of it okay you know they needed to know what i wanted to do it because it impacts what they're going to do sure and so we we, we've been talking with my general manager d'artagnan maybell one of the greatest men on planet Earth since March. And we've been talking for two months, figuring out what was the best way to do this. How are we going to do it? What are we going to do? And we just decided, I decided it was, the, I could have kept going. They were going to extend me. I was just ready to, to not, not work 100 hours a week anymore. You do work 100 hours yes, a week. I, do. I don't know how you squeeze in all the extra I, hours. I, the thing is, you got to understand, more than anything, is that I'm worried 24-7. You're going to miss something? 24-7, 365. Yeah, it's a truth. you are. It's a truth. How do you feel now that you've announced that you're going to retire? Does it feel different? Do you, what, what are your what well, are your emotions I'm, like? But I still have I have a job to do. You're still working. If I'm putting my name on it, I'm gonna do what I got to do. Sure. I'm still trying very hard to win. I'm still trying very hard to do the right thing. But it's weird. And people ask me, "Are you going to miss it?" Of course I am. I mean, I made the decision, but I'm going to miss a lot about this. I won't miss getting up at the crack of dawn for Texans training camp. I can promise <laughs> you that. Or, well, even if it's not at the crack of dawn, waiting until later when it's like 110 degrees outside. Yeah, but it's the starting off in the morning at camp 
going all through the day and not being done yeah. till 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard. And your holidays. I mean, you've had no holidays. No. Tell, no. I know you have a great story about U of H basketball oh, well, well, and Christmas yes. Eve. A couple years ago, Christmas Eve, my daughter and her husband were with their family. And so it was my wife and my son at our home Christmas Eve dinner. My phone was upside down. I turned it over. I looked at it. And Marcus Sasser, the best player on one of the best teams in America, announced he had a broken foot and he was out for the year. On Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve. <laughs> of course. I had to go to work. I moved into the study, got him on the phone, got some quotes, wrote a story, put it on Twitter, put it on TV. That was all Christmas Eve. I had no choice. What am I going to yeah. do? Say I'm not going to work? doesn't work that way. You're listening to DP Sidhu's exclusive interview with Fox 26's Mark Berman, who's retiring. I'm sure you've got so many big stories that you've broken over the years, but when you look back at your career, what's what's one that you really feel like, oh, that was, I'm really proud that I got that story? Well, is there I'm, any one at, or at, any? At the, at the risk of sounding stands- arrogant, there's so, many so I many. Can't re- <laughs> there's so many I can't remember, but two that stand out yes. have to be. First of all, Tillman and Fertitta buying the Rockets. Okay. Yeah. Now you got to understand why. Not just because that is a humongous story. Most of the time, these people who buy teams are very well known within what they do for a living or their industry. But people don't know who they are. Tillman was already an icon in Houston. Sure. He just got more iconic. <laughs> okay. And then right behind that was we were the first to report that Bob McNair was trying to bring football back to Houston. Oh, okay. Now, yeah. nobody knew who Bob McNair was at that time outside of what he did. He was starting to get a name, mm-hmm. but he wasn't like Tillman. Anyway, we were the first to bring up his name. We did an interview with him, and that leads to the next a funny story yeah. with our dear friend John McClain. John McClain, yes. After I did that story and he got some play, a couple days later, he called me up and he goes, Mark, the Chronicle's going A1, front of the paper, uh-huh. with Bob McNair trying to bring football back to Houston, and no one will remember you had it. <laughs> and he hung up on me. And I was so mad at him, I couldn't see straight. <laughs> next morning, next morning, DP, my phone rings about 730. Uh-huh. Our office calling, Mark, Chronicle breaking a story about Bob McNair bringing football back here. What are we going to do about it? Okay. I go, I had that two days ago. Look it up. <laughs> so John was right. Nobody remembered. Nobody remembered. But you had that story. It's on record that you had that Nobody story. Nobody remembered then. <laughs> I remember when I started with the Texans, it was about that time that a football life, the 1993 Oilers story came out. You and John have been covering football in Houston for a long, long time. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. A long, long time. So the Oilers, I was fascinated by this because once you've covered the Oilers and now you're covering the Texans, there were days when I thought, how could anything be as exciting as that 93 season? There were fights. There were punches. I mean, there was just so much. What do you remember about covering the Oilers and how much things have changed from that era to this Texans well, era? You, you have to like, understand. Like, there were no cell phones when you were even doing. You have to understand back yeah. then. For instance, during the offseason, I would be at the Oilers three times a week in their locker room with the run of the place. Yeah. So did John, so did others. We were there all the time. We knew the players backwards and forwards, and players stayed longer. It was a different kind of thing. Here, you know, that access doesn't exist in the NFL anymore, not just here, everywhere. Well, even for us who work in the building, I mean, I can't just walk into the locker room and start interviewing we, players we, willy-nilly. Like We were there all <laughs> the time hanging out. Shooting the breeze with the players. It yeah. was just a different time. You had a different relationship with the players oh, uh, back then. Not too. even close. Not even close. How do you, do you think, I mean, I feel like probably social media has changed a lot of that oh. because now ev- nothing is off the record. No, that's not true. That's not, not true. Not for you, but I think for players really There's have to There's nothing more about important that. in our business than that statement. If it's not that way with others, it's a shame. 
Right. But if you if you knew how many stories I didn't do. Really? Well, I'll give you one. It was one of the worst. You had, Before we did this interview, you were saying, well, what was uh, one of your worst memories? Okay. Okay. When the Oilers were negotiating to move to Nashville, mm-hmm. I knew three weeks out off the record. Couldn't do anything with it. And then the mayor at the time decided to have a news conference with Bud Adams to let the media there know what was going on. Well, at that time, our station, our Fox station in Nashville didn't do news. They were a station that didn't do news. Oh, wow. They didn't get the press release. So we were the only ones in Houston who didn't know. Oh, no. So it doesn't matter. Everybody in Houston had it but me, but Fox. We got destroyed. Wow. Crushed. Didn't matter that I knew. The person that had told me thought, well, it's a press release. You'll know. Didn't work that way. I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. Doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't matter. Is there a another? Is there, is there any? Is a loss. Is is there any other story that you think about over the years that you're like, that is one that I wish I'd had, or there's a bunch. Wish you could have come out. Are with? you kidding? Let me tell you something. Okay. <laughs> Nobody on planet Earth loses more than me, and I'm not being. Like, I think you hustle after more too. But though. but I'm trying on everything, yeah. so I lose all the time. So I can't. I can't even <laughs> remember how many stories that made me miserable. A lot. Really. Oh yeah. Of course, especially here. <laughs> you have such a great relationship. I feel like you always treat, whether it's like Rice basketball or U of H or the Texans, you treat everything with equal everything importance. Ma- everything matters. Yeah. It's all very important to me. Rice basketball, UH basketball. I was interviewing the baseball coach at Texas Southern last night on Zoom. Yeah, you, 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 it you, all find, it all, you find everything, and you build those relationships with people. It's all very important. There's not, there's not anything that's not important to me. More with DP Sidhu's exclusive conversation with Mark Berman from Fox 26. I see you interacting with the players in the locker room. You did an interview with Clowney recently. You always <laughs> had a great relationship when he was here. And he wasn't one to be warm and fuzzy with the media all the time. What do you think it is about you that players gravitate towards? I would always see Kareem Jackson and them just joking oh, around with you. I was going to say Kareem was there that Kareem day. was great. He said you were his intern on KJAC TV. Right. He made you an honorary right. intern. They love you. Well, I, 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 I don't know how to answer that. They just know they can trust me. Mm-hmm. They know I'm never going to do anything to hurt them. Sure. And I'm always going to make sure they know what I'm doing. I'm never going to surprise them. You know, I always try to do the right thing. I'm not a negative reporter. I, I go in there trying to do the right thing. Every now and then stories get negative. They do. It's going to be with the player or coach or somebody being negative. It's not me. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, a, I just cover you. And they know that. Okay. I so think. In the 40 years that you've been covering this sport, I just think about like in 20 years, how much has changed with technology. We mentioned like social media, but what right. about like, you're so good with the cell phone, taking the video, instantly tweeting it out. Mm-hmm. Now you, everything's instantaneous. What was it like when you first started and how, Easy or difficult was that adjustment for you to sort of transition to the social media platform? Uh, yeah, uh, my daughter helped me get on Twitter. I first started. I first tried it in two thousand nine. I didn't like it. Okay. So I didn't do it. If you go on my phone or Twitter, it says since two thousand nine. That's not really true. <laughs> it's twenty eleven, uh-huh. and I realized that first of all, our people, my bosses wanted me to do it. Okay. Yeah. And I realized it was the, the way to go. I, I I don't know how to say how. I'm sure the transition was difficult, but that was 12 years ago. I don't remember. Like, how do you even do press conferences before the era of cell phones? It was a lot more fun. <laughs> I could just take notes. <laughs> Were you notes. writing things down? Yeah, pay- sure. Pay- okay. Taking notes. But now I'm trying to take notes 
tweet, tweet listen. Video. Invariably, when I'm tweeting something, I'm missing something. Yes. Happens all the time. Yes. Today, CJ Stroud said something that was funny. I don't know what he said, but it was funny. <laughs> I had my headphones on. I couldn't hear him. Yeah. Happens all the time. I mean, I, uh, to me, I think that's the most commendable part of like what you and John McClain and some of these reporters that have been around for so many years to be able to transition. It's not easy to get on social media and be good at it. You, you guys are you, good and you're fast. You have to roll with the flow. If you don't, you'll be left behind. Believe me. You got you, you got to get up to speak really quickly. I mean, <laughs> you know. Is that your best advice for aspiring journalists, you think? just I, I, Yeah. Do you have advice for anyone that wants to do what you do? Well, if you want to do what I do, you got to go do it. You can't get another job and think about doing it. Like, you got to you got to pay the price. My first job was Odessa, Texas, seven hundred bucks a month, <laughs> in the fall of nineteen seventy eight. Uh-huh. Had to go out there, had to figure it out. If you want to do this, do it. Find a way. I don't know. Any, there's no magic. I don't think. I mean, I'm no child prodigy. Trust me. It's it's it's. I think your work ethic. I think you will never say no to a store. You'll never say no to an interview. Your work ethic is really second to none. Where, well, where does that come from? Well, fear of losing. You just have this fear, fear of, of losing. Missing. But you really have FOMO. You have fear of missing out on stories. Absolutely. That's what the kids That's, call it. But, but let me tell you, I've always believed this. If a coach, player, team official, lawyer, if they call you, and you're supposed to be off. You don't take the call, or you don't call them back, they won't call you back. So you're never off. If the phone rings, you go to work. Mm. That's that's like Christmas Eve. Yeah. Nobody called me, but there was news there. But I can't tell you, it's like my wife has said, when we've ever tried to just be off for a day or two, right. my phone explodes. It's, who knows why? But you can't ignore anybody. you got to return every call, every text. Otherwise, they may not call back. Every direct message on Twitter that matters, Okay. That they won't call back. That's right. Okay. You have a great story about getting a number from a very famous NBA player, which is, this is really my all-time favorite right. Mark Berman story, and I've made <clears throat> you tell it so many times because it just tickles me. Okay. Um, but it's so humbling, so we got we to tell this story about getting, speaking of getting numbers. Well, um, I had done a story. Shaq was here. I'd done a story on Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. He did something very unusual. The next day I saw him, and he goes, hey, Mark, I like that story. I'm like, what? <laughs> Who does that? DP. Right. Nobody. I wouldn't expect and Shaquille O'Neal so to do over that. To him. We shook hands. I thanked him. Really appreciate it. Hey, Shaq, um, you know, since you like the story and all, how about you give me your cell number? If a thing develops that I need that's Houston related, I can get you on the phone. He rolled off a number really quick, and I was pumped. Yeah. So maybe a month or two later, I don't know, something happened. He was with the Lakers. Something happened. I got to get him on the phone. I called him. They answered the phone. The guy goes, Pizza Hut. <laughs> <laughs> like he just had Pizza Hut's number off the top, off the of, his top head. of his tongue. And I made the mistake of telling that story to several people and it went everywhere. It is my it is because it's so it's so humbling to to know that that can happen to the best of us, but the fact that he did it with a great sense of humor obviously. And you have a great sense of humor for telling Well, I've actually gotten story. to know him a little bit. Yeah. He's a really funny guy. That is you really know funny. his kids have been at Texas Southern. Uh-huh. One of them plays on the men's basketball team. Okay. And so, or did, does. And I got destroyed with him about that. Wow. About about his closeness to the TSU coach, Johnny Jones. They were together when Shaq was at LSU. Uh-huh. To talk about a track record, 
this kid, he wanted his son to play for Coach Jones. That's pretty wow. impressive. So, you know, anyway, getting back to the, the telephone number, <laughs> I bet I'm not the only one he's given that piece of number to. Not if he's rolling it off the tongue, off his tongue like off that. Off the top of his head. <laughs> and I bet you he's ordered a few pizzas there. I'm, sh- I'm sure he has. I'm, I'm oh, impressed yeah. that he remembers it. All right, you thought that was it, but there's more. But wait, there's more with D.P. Sidhu and Mark Berman. It's coming up next here on Texans All Access. We continue with this special Memorial Day weekend edition of the program with D.P. Sidhu's podcast, her interview exclusively with Mark Berman from Fox 26, who's retiring. Quick anecdote here, when I was at Miami as voice of the Hurricanes through the 2001 season, Butch Davis was the head coach. And he left for the NFL. He went to the Cleveland Browns after that. Larry Coker took over. Anyway, Butch was interviewing for NFL jobs, and one of them was with the Houston Texans. And I remember being in Miami and seeing video of Butch Davis at Bush Intercontinental Airport, and it was shot by KRIV, Fox 26. Mark Berman was doing the interviewing. So he caught up with Butch Davis at the airport, as D.P. Sidhu and he have been talking about. He does a lot of airport work, Mark Berman. He probably has his own personal parking space there because he's caught up with so many athletes and coaches at the airports in Houston over the years. But I remember that from before I ever lived here, that footage, that story broken because he is the story breaker. And it's great to hear these stories with D.P. Sidhu and Mark Berman. Let's continue with D.P.'s podcast with the GOAT, one of them, along with John McClain, the Lennon and McCartney of Houston Sports Media, Mark Berman. When you look back at all the, the athletes and the players that you've gotten to know over the years, I know this is going to be a hard one. Impossible. But who? Who? Give me a few that really that you really enjoyed covering. Well, you got D.P., there's so many, and I feel like if I start naming names, I'm going to lose Someone's somebody out. Get hurt. But one of my, well, sure. Uh-huh. But one of my favorites of all time was the former receiver with the Oilers named Drew Hill. Okay. He's no longer with us, but he was hilarious. And his teammate, Mike Rogier, the running back, hilarious. We were at an Oilers reunion a couple of years ago, and Rogier did something that never happened to me before and probably never will. He walked up and kissed me on the cheek. <laughs> <laughs> And I haven't told that story very much. <laughs> but uh, beyond that, I mean, there's a zillion guys. I mean, Jeff Bagwell. Okay, yeah. You know, Warren Moon. You know, lots of guys here with the Texans, bunch of guys here. Right. I can't think of names that come off the top of my head right now. But, well, Kareem Jackson, uh, Jonathan Joseph. They were, yeah. Jadevian. Jadevian, You know, right? all those guys. Obviously, J.J., just to get to see you know, J.J.'s Absolutely, arc. covering J.J. from the ground up. And he'd always joke around with you in press conferences, oh, yeah. which I from loved. From the ground up. Yeah. But he got so big so fast. It was, you know, he, Crazy. he had that, that pick six return against yeah. Cincy in the playoffs. He just exploded. There's a million guys on this team that I, that I like, enjoy working with. I know when D'Amico signed here as head coach, I asked you, what was he like as a player? And you really enjoyed covering him as a if player. If I remember, okay. This was a different era when he signed here. If I remember the story correctly, when he signed here, his agents had me at the hotel with D'Amico when he signed. Wow. That doesn't happen anymore. How did you you manage that? I don't remember. You don't remember? (laughs) I got to know the agents. They let me Uh come up there. I don't know. I don't remember. D'Amico was fantastic to cover. Yeah. He was the best. He'll be the best here as a coach. He'll be the best here as a coach. That'll be something that I will greatly – I can't say I missed it because I have it. He's just getting going. That's one little – one regret – that I won't be here to follow his success. Of course. Because it will be here. 
they'll succeed. I feel like the one thing that I have to ask you is your airport interviews. Did oh. you did you get to meet with the airport, by the way? I don't remember. Okay. There's been so many. Okay, your airport interviews are iconic. I know. We, I, know. I wish we could do I hope I hope before your final send off at Fox, they do just a mishmash of all of your best of airport interviews. How well, first of all, how does that happen? Well, it's just many years ago I realized the airport is the place to be because when they land, you're literally first. It, well, yeah, but if they have luggage, where are they going to go? <laughs> you know how long it takes to get luggage at the airport. <laughs> so they're just sitting there waiting. I remember one time Fred Couples, the golfer, flew in here. He was number one golfer in the world at the time, uh-huh. former U of A star. And we got him at the airport, but he didn't want to do the interview. He was in a hurry. So we followed him to the baggage. I go, Fred, you're not going anywhere. Oh, no. The luggage, he, he goes, you're right. Let's just do it. <laughs> I remember, um, let's see, Tubby Smith, former basketball coach, big-time coach, won a national championship at Kentucky. We were chasing him around because they were talking to him at the University of Houston. And he was, uh, we couldn't get him. We couldn't, I couldn't, we couldn't corral him. Okay. So I knew when he was leaving. He was leaving at Southwest, on a Southwest Airlines flight from Hobby. So we went to the gate, back when you could go to the when gate. You could go to, you this could was back go to the when gate. you could literally go to the gate. Right. So I'm at the gate, and the line is forever. Here comes Tubby at the last second, <laughs> running through the airport, uh-huh. runs up to the counter, checks in. There's nowhere for him to go. So he just stopped and did the interview. He, what's he going to do? What are other people doing at the airport when you're interviewing? Do they just sort of turn around yeah, and they're watching? I don't, I don't, I'm, so, I'm so focused on what you I'm doing. You are very focused. I, 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 just, I think they kind of get used to it. They've seen it before, you know? Are you allowed to divulge how you know so much information about flights? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we we all have our you know theories as to how you know who's flying out when and where and what flight. Well, sometimes it's very simple. Sometimes the agent tells you. Okay. Which is almost never, by the way. I'm just going to give you some options. Sometimes you find out from the player. Almost never. Okay. That's an option. The rest of them, I'm not going to talk about. The rest I are can't. secret. Right. Top secret. That's right. Okay. So when you used to get every go- now and then, you guess, but guessing usually doesn't work. It's D.B. Sidhu's exclusive podcast with Mark Berman. We continue. I feel like you've had an airport story that of being at the wrong gate and nearly missing a player. Does that happen very often? No, you? but I will tell you another self-deprecating story. I, I feel like we there was one back quarter, there. Uh-huh. We were chasing a quarterback. They were bringing in, I think he'd been waived by Denver. This is some years ago, okay. the Texans. Uh-huh. I go to the airport. I see a guy that looks like him. He's got headphones on. He's got a hat. Uh-huh. He, he, didn't, he was supposed to have a beard. He didn't have a beard. And I walked up to him and said, "Hey, I wanted to chat with you a minute. Are you? It's not me." So the next day, I'm at the I'm at the at the uh, locker room, and I I told him, I said, "I was ch- I was looking for you at the airport, but I couldn't find you." He goes, "Yes, you did." Oh, <laughs> he <gave laughs> you me found me. I just didn't want to be interviewed. I said, wow. "So you told me it wasn't you? You had a hat on and sunglasses. I couldn't tell." Oh, you know, wow. he goes, "It was embarrassing. Why would you want to talk to me? Because that's my job." <laughs> but he deeped me. That doesn't happen often. Maybe never. But it did. But it did happen. Absolutely. That's, that's Haven't told that story either. <laughs> Why would I? You can't name who the, the quarterback was? I can't was. remember. You can't remember who it was? No, he was just here for a cup of coffee. But I, <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> All right, so what do you do? What are you, you going to do now when you're retired? What, what do, well, I mean, not, we, work, we and you, not work for one not thing. Not work. I know you. I call it a ranch. You call it five acres of <laughs> land. I mean, you know, my, my wife has put up with an awful lot. We're going to celebrate our 30th anniversary in September. Okay, she's put up with an awful lot. <laughs> it's my turn to give back. Oh, that's nice. How about that? That is really nice. She, she needs my help on some things. I'm gonna for once in like, my life. Like, are you gonna be working on, on the house? Like, well, no. Fixing, I mean, we're doing, doing that now. Our uh-huh. home is over 20 years old. We're doing some renovations. What you have to do. Okay. I mean, I, I may get I may get 
some part-time freelance work down the road that'll have nothing to do with this stuff. Really? You know, maybe. If You're not going to be like John McClain oh, still Oh, good God. John up. didn't retire. He did not retire. He just I left the Chronicle. See, I just John's working day. just as hard as he ever did. Really okay? that's No, you'll never see me. Look, here's how, uh, here's how I look at it. If I'm going to do anything to augment our retirement income and have anything to do with chasing stories, uh-huh. covering practices, covering games, travel, news conferences. You want more of an... Eight to five? No, less not eight, eight to five. five. Less than eight to Maybe five. fifteen hours a week. That's that's. Oh, I said okay. part time. Yeah, I was like, well, that is part time. Maybe maybe, really... maybe maybe I don't do anything. Okay. But if something develops that I can do it from home, and it's something that I'm capable of doing, I don't have a hell of a lot of talent outside what we do here. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. If you weren't doing this, what do you think you would be? No doing? idea. You're listening to DB City's exclusive podcast with Fox 26's Mark Berman, who's retiring. But you have to remember, okay. You didn't have like a backup plan if the sports thing didn't work out? When I was out? growing up in Hempstead, Texas, uh-huh. which is 50 miles northwest of here, right. in the back of my dad's clothing store, I would sit back there and pretend to be on TV. Really? I would sit there and do the sports. That was your dream? Is your no, dream absolutely. To do sports? This is all I ever wanted to do. Your dad had a clothing store? Mm-hmm. So if you- I, helped, I did the books. I helped okay. do the books. You think you might have gone into accounting or something like that? Uh, no, I'm not smart enough. Working the family business? Wasn't smart. <laughs> doing, the, doing the books is one thing. Being an accountant is something else altogether. Yes, that's true. No. This is what I always wanted to do, and I did it. Uh-huh. And I always wanted to be on TV in Houston covering sports, and Fox made it happen. That's tremendous. And I'll tell you something else. This is true. When I came to Fox in May of 86, their standards weren't quite the same as they are now. If I came to Fox now with the same credentials, credentials, I would not get the job. Really? You no. think so? No way. No what, do you, what do you think got you the job back then? Well, back then, I remember the news director. I was on radio at the time. Mm-hmm. The news director said, can you get us stories like you're doing on radio? I said, why not? I, I, I thought I could, so that's what we did. I wasn't very good on television, but I could get the stories. You could get the story. I get the information. That's what they wanted. They wanted to be very local. So that's what we did. We were local. Very local. Are you a sport? Not loco, local. Local. So we, me and you were chatting about this because I said my husband grew up watching you in Houston, and he wanted to know if you could go to any sporting event in the world after retiring, where would you go? And I, and I said, I don't know if Mark is really a huge sports fan outside I'm not, of work. I'm not. Because you don't really have time to enjoy it. If I can watch it on TV, I'll be good. <laughs> there's nothing, there's no, like, U.S. Open or well, now look. Wimbledon. The only, the or, only thing, if just, you think about the things I've Masters, done, yeah. No. No? Can't okay. take your phone. Well, I could masters, it wouldn't matter now because I don't need my phone. Okay. I've covered the, the Rockets winning championships. Yes. And their their sister team that no longer exists, the Comets. Right. I've covered the Dynamo doing having some great years. I covered the Astros. The Astros. Who have yeah. been absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to cover the Texans in the Super Bowl. Okay. Okay, if they get there, uh, I think I'd probably have to be there. You would have to be there. I would think so. And there are a couple of guys, I don't want to name names, uh-huh. but it's not fair. If they got in the Hall of Fame, their respective Hall of Fame, sure, I think I need to be, be there. there. I think I need to be there. Oh, that's really nice. You know th- that sort of thing, but you know who knows? Who knows? I really don't want to travel. I don't want to travel much. I don't want to get on planes. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife and I've talked about going places, but driving. You'll drive around the country. Well, something like that. You yeah, know? yeah. I was joking with you because uh, you've got a lot of animals that a lot of pets. Well, and stuff. my wife has animals. You're, you, I've had to, to, you are I've had to learn to love to them. <laughs> but we have we have a rabbit. Okay. We have Named a dog. Thumper. Thumper. Yes. We have a dog named Yuki. Now here's here. Let's break some news here. Yes. Our cat Nana. We lost him a while, a couple of months ago. Oh, I'm sorry. And she got a replacement. Okay. And his name is Yuli. 
Not Yuli, Guri- <laughs> not Yuli Guriel, the former Astro star. Uh-huh. I've never said that because I know if I tweet out his name is Yuli, Yuli I'm a, they're going to bust my chops. <laughs> they're going to bust my chops. It had nothing to do with me. Okay. You know, our, our dog's name is Yuki, so the cat's name is Yuli. Oh, of course. Okay. And, and, and I'll tell you something else my wife does. She, our subdivision is overrun by deer. Uh-huh. So you see me tweet photos of deer. We have deer everywhere, and she feeds them. And they come to our driveway, and I mean 12, 14, 16 of them out in our driveway. Wow, eating. that's amazing. Yep. And you don't live that far. Where do you live? You- About 45 minutes north of here. And there's a ton of deer around Oh, right yeah. Now. And you make that 45-minute drive every single morning? for. T- I can see why you don't minutes. like the early morning. 45, 50 minutes. 45 minutes. Absolutely. Oh, in the morning, it's over an hour. Sure, with rush hour. Coming here. No, I hate it. Yeah. But nothing I can do about it. It's, it's a job. I see your tweets about deer and your grandson. Now, Jackson I is I a favorite a subject. Uh huh. Jackson's a favorite subject. But yet, He'll be 11 years old in, in June. Wow, that's fantastic. So lots of, lots of time with him. Absolutely. And your wife. That's the plan. That's the plan. And my son. Mark, and my I, daughter-in-law. I, I just I feel like once you retire, I'm not going to see you because I know that you've got all this decompressing that you need to do. But come by any time. I hope we do meet again in the Texan Super Bowl and the Hall of Fame. And, you know, it's just been my absolute pleasure to get to know you and work with you over the years. Same here. Let's, uh, let's get together when the Texans are in the Super Bowl. Let's do it. How about that? It's a plan. All right. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Mark. Okay. If you missed any of that, it's a podcast on HoustonTexans.com and the Texans app and wherever you get podcasts. And I recommend you get them from the Texans platform itself. You can just click on it. It starts playing. You can do other stuff on your phone while you're listening. And I know that's very important to you because it's important to me. That's how I podcast stuff at night. Not record the podcasts, but ingest podcasts. Our own, or I don't know what your faves are. Maybe you listen to Smartless. Like, I was on a binge with Smartless when it first came out around the pandemic with Jason Bateman and those guys. But I kind of backed off of it a little bit, and I went on to other things. Peter Schiff, who is an economist, maybe it's not the most entertaining thing in the world, but I like it because it's informative for me. Also, I listen to The Ringer. I listen to The Rewatchables, where they talk about older movies, and I freaking love that stuff. But I also love listening to Deep Slant and Johnny stuff and Drew stuff, and it's all very good. And, yeah, I do air check myself. Air checking, for those not in the biz, means listening to what you did on the air or in a podcast in this case just to make sure that it's okay. I can't possibly listen to every single thing, but I try to. Games included, too, by the way. You young play-by-play announcers out there, you've got to listen to yourself a little bit. You've got to hear yourself a little bit. Maybe a lot, especially when you're starting out, just to hone the craft. All right, that's going to do it for the program tonight. A reminder that Building the Texans, the latest episode, drops at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Draft episode. It's going to be awesome. And you'll get a push notification sent to your phone if you subscribe to the Texans YouTube channel, which you should, because there's all sorts of great stuff about your favorite team. And Texans 360 Saturday night. 11 p.m. ABC 13 and affiliates as well. So uh, you can catch it on many stations around the Lone Star State and beyond and also on Bally, which maybe you're not watching too much of these days in Houston. I have Xfinity, so I get it. But it's around the state and around Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana. All our Texan shows are seen around there. So it's very cool. Anyway, Great to have you listening. Thanks so much for being a part of the program tonight. Have an excellent weekend. Go Texans.